0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We are going to get started with Sunday School, as we do every day, every Sunday, this time of the, of the morning. We have music to play for people while we allow them to jump on with us, and we're going to play, I think it's a, a, something we played before. So it probably will not run afoul. (laughs) If it does, come back. If it does, come back. Amen. Uh, Pass Me Not by uh, featuring the True Way uh, Choir, Church of God in Christ, by Douglas Miller. So we're going to go ahead and play that now. We thank you for being here this morning. And like I said, if there's a problem, just come back and find us uh, later on. Here we go. Uh, Here we go. And there we go. (laughs) Good morning, Glenda. And good morning, Ronnie. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you being here. Amen. It'll get you up out of your seat too. Morning, Brother Roscoe. Thank you for being here. It's time for Sunday school. Amen. You see how everybody gets up this morning since it rained this morning. Eyelids feel a little bit heavier than normal. But it's supposed to stop raining. So, thank you for being here, everybody. God bless you. Good morning, Florinda. God bless you. Do not pass me by. Morning, Arlen. Thanks for being here. We appreciate all of you being here today. Got a good lesson coming up. And a call to make sure that we're doing everything we can to hear the Spirit speak to us. It's a great coincidence. Pastor Gus is going to start a new series of messages on the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be a great thing to do. It's more than a coincidence. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Don't you wish you woke up every morning with energy like this? (laughs) Maybe it's, oh, well, I'm not going to attribute this to a cup of coffee, but a cup of coffee helps. I'll give you that. You like that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good morning, Joanna. <laughs> Good morning always in the background, maybe? I don't know. But good morning. Thanks for being here. God bless you. It's almost time for Sunday school. Someone who's not in church with us, spread the word. Let them know that we have church every Sunday morning. Uh, we have Sunday school every Sunday morning right here. So. Pardon me? And a pre recorded sermon after that. That's right. We have the full church experience right here. So if someone says they're not in church, you have them send them right over to our page, African Alliance Fellowship. Hate to say it, there's a lot of folks that aren't in church. So. We want to get them exposed to the gospel. That's what you need to do. I'm not going to get into a big soliloquy as to why people aren't in church. We kind of know why. It's a concerted effort by Satan to keep people out of the gospel, keep them away from the gospel, keep people away from strengthening their relationship with Jesus. So, by all means, understand that's what's going on. We appreciate you praying about that very issue for people in your life. And with that, that is the, and we are still here, <laughs> still on the air, Pass Me Not, featuring the True Way Choir of the Church of God in Christ. Uh, Douglas Miller uh, is the one who does that. And that's one of those oldies but goodies. We've played this one before. And I think we're going to keep it in our little archive of music that we play on Sunday mornings because it uh, it does get you going, get you thinking. So, with that in mind, we are now ready to do announcements for Sunday School. Uh, Sunday, September 11th, 2022. We know September 11th is a day that uh, uh, all of us will never forget, and we we certainly recognize that as well, too. So, uh, it is, for some people, a very solemn day, and we want to make sure that we recognize that as well, too, um, for what it's worth. That was um, literally 21 years ago, which is... uh, pretty amazing to uh, keep in mind that it's been that long ago, but it doesn't change how people feel about it or how people felt about it. Um, But let's uh, move forward and recognize that today we we have a new lesson to go through with Sunday School announcements. Um, Following Sunday School, our, our live broadcast will be a message that is pre-recorded online for those of you online here who are not able to come to our church in Akron to hear the live version of the message. And just keep in mind, too, what we have on, pre-recorded is the same material, but it's presented differently when it's live versus when it's in church. So even if you can't come to church, you'll get the, the crux of the message online. Pastor Gus is going to be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. That is a first of a series of messages on the Holy Spirit And we appreciate you joining us online here if you do not, like I said before, have a church experience anywhere else. The message will be available for you too. And it's a little bit more in-depth because it it covers about an hour of material, which is fine. And whenever you're watching anything online with us, you're welcome to listen to the whole thing in its entirety. And uh, you can stop and pause it and come back to it. That's the great thing about uh, pre-recorded messages. You, You won't miss a thing if you do that. But having said that, Uh, We encourage you to let people know that uh, we do have that full church experience here online. And Pastor Gus's message on the work of the Holy Spirit will be available again, as I mentioned here, in the timeline following Sunday School uh, uh, on this page, Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We certainly welcome and appreciate all all of you who uh, are contributing and making sure that you're giving to the church according to what you are able to give. Please pray about that, as always, when you do that. And, of course, if you are mailing your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, you would mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that, and we thank you again for the contribution. We have um, many, many things that have to be taken care of. Of course, we were, of course we have to pay the utilities, you know, basic things that the church needs, is right, right? Uh, so those are things that have to be taken care of, and we want to always make sure that we have uh, the ability to give uh, with benevolence to those who come to our church in need, and that's part of the purpose of it as well too. So please keep that in mind. Uh, how you give your money and what you do with it, understand that the Lord needs to speak to you about that and how that takes place. Okay, that is essentially, the, those are the announcements for today. And we appreciate you uh, keeping in mind that, uh, of course, in Akron, Ohio, in Akron, we're near downtown. If you, Those of you who are not familiar with Akron Alliance Fellowship, we are near downtown. We are uh, just on the other side of where the zoo is, literally on Diagonal Road. And we welcome each and every person uh, within the sound of my voice to come and visit with us. Our church service will start at 11 o'clock on, uh, today, and we'll hope, hopefully we'll see you there. Okay, and let's get into Sunday school for this morning, and we are going to be in the book of John, and we're going to be continuing in the book of John. We're in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and what we want to make sure that we're doing here, and I want to mention this because I went over this lesson, and I went back over this lesson, and it The Lord spoke to me to go back over it one more time to show me some things that are pretty important to point out. I want you to understand something here about your daily study time, your reading time, uh, all the things that you're involved in when it comes to getting a greater information, get greater focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that the Spirit speaks to you about what you have read or what you have heard. That is the, the essence of living in God's image where, you know, after you're the investigator where you're going through God's Word and reading and studying, the M is for meditation, meditating on God's Word. And that's what we need to be doing and do that actively. We have got to be into the Word and now praying that the Spirit speaks to you about what you've read. And, and I can't emphasize that enough during this time where it's more than, it's really important for you just to look at something Because if you look at this passage we're about to cover today, and look at it too quickly, it will not resonate with you at all. Uh, If anything, when I first read this passage many, many years ago, I felt that Jesus was really aloof, uh, and that was not at all what he was trying to do. In fact, it was the exact opposite. Jesus is going to be showing you something here that's very, very important about his character and it's going to be something that is very important for us to see. Um, so with that in mind, uh, thank you again for being here this morning. We appreciate you being here. Um, we are just... Uh, I'm just filled with you know, gratitude for all of you who have really just taken the time to just kind of hang in there with us over the last couple of years and, and be online with us and be able to see and hear God speak to us through this transmission and we we know that God is just going to be very gracious to us and he wants us during this period of grace to see and hear what he wants us to say. But I want you to see how important it is for us to be prepared for all the times of difficulty and the struggles that we have. That was the other study that I did in 1 Peter about being prepared in a moment of when you when you as a Christian are going to face persecution, um, face suffering of some sort. Amen. But in this particular passage in the book of John, chapter 2, this is where Jesus turns the water into wine. And we're going to look at this whole thing about how this is all part of Jesus' preparation within his own ministry. And the preparation is to reveal that he is indeed the true Messiah, the Son of God. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Amen. Father, we are just so thankful for you and your presence right now. We are thankful for the time that we have to spend in your word. Lord, we pray now that the Spirit in does does indeed speak, not my specific words, but your words. We pray, Lord, that you will speak to us individually. We pray, Lord, that you will give us a renewed strength and energy from your word, that you, we will be able to carry forth your gospel message to anyone and everyone who needs to hear it. I thank you, Lord, for your presence and, your, and the timing that you always have. Your timing is perfect. and You're going to show us this throughout your, uh, your lesson. You're going to show us how there are certain times for things to take place. And, Lord, we understand that right now, when it comes to timing, there's no better time than the present for us to be in your word and for, be, for us to be prepared to hear you speak to us so that we can speak to others about your goodness, we just give you thanks, we give you praise, and we ask these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter two. Let's take a look at verses one through eleven. I want you to look. Uh, we're going to read the New Living Translation, as we ha- always do. It's the most readable version of Scripture, and it does a very good job of conveying uh, exactly what God wants us to hear in, in the spoken word. Follow along in your own versions. Many of you, I'm sure, have the English Standard Version, the New new International Version. Uh, those versions are also very good and very appropriate, but we want to make sure that uh, we maximize our understanding through the power of the Spirit. Amen? Let's start with John chapter 2, verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine simply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Verse 4. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Verse 7. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. Verse 10, A host always serves the best wine first, he said, Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Verse 11, This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay, that's John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And it's good to take our time going through this. First of all, Getting back to the writing style of John. Now, this, this particular uh, incident in Scripture that's recorded about Jesus and this issue with the turning water into wine is the only place it's mentioned in the Gospels. It's not mentioned in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. But interestingly enough, this occurs right as Jesus was about to begin his ministry, right after he had, of course, chosen disciples uh, that were nearby, if you recount in other Gospels, this is right after Jesus had been in the wilderness for 30 days being tempted by Satan. So he was in an ongoing development process, but this is where he officially kicks off his ministry. And Scripture says it's around 30 years of age, when he was about 30 years old when he did this. And there are other, some other important things to point out here, too. Because you're going to see how uh, Jesus' mother, uh, Mary, was... Um, was uh, involved here in this conversation. They were all invited to this wedding celebration, all of them, everybody was there. Uh, The disciples were there, they were also invited. And wedding celebrations take about a week. It's a week, a week. Uh, We just went to a wedding celebration yesterday and uh, it was only for really a a few hours. Um, And the the interesting thing about the wedding celebration that we went to is like one of those things where we went and Oh, by the way, we got married uh, two months ago, <laughs> so the joke was on us, I guess, but uh, they they had already begun their celebration, so that was really cool to see that. That was kind of funny, but in this particular case in Jesus' time, they were week-long festivals, and, and that's what a wedding should be. It should be a festival. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of something that uh, takes place that God has put forth and ordained for a man and a woman to get together and enjoy each other in celebration and and also the family members were there too. Now note something Jesus and the disciples were invited to the celebration and so it's, you know, Jesus is is a human being, he's here on earth and he is participating in other activities it's not like this is something that is beneath him to do, it's something that he did and we need to understand that it was being done for a purpose Uh, so I hope you can see that as we go further along, but Everyone was invited to come to these weddings, and it was frankly considered an insult to refuse a wedding invitation. If you go back to the culture of the time, you just couldn't blow it off and say, "Nah, I can't go to this." Wedding. <laughs> no, I mean we can we do that today, depending upon who you know we know or whatever it is. But back then, it was necessary to accommodate many people for these these weddings. Uh, careful planning was involved, and the the thing that we want to m- make a note of here too is that because there was such, a, um, uh, such an amount of planning for a wedding festival, to run out of wine at the wedding would be embarrassing. It would be one of those cultural things. That's like a no-no. You don't ever want to do that because it, there were some unwritten laws about hospitality back at that time. Um, running out of wine, and it would have been one of those things that you just didn't want to do. So Jesus was doing something, recognizing what the culture was at the time, and something I didn't really realize until I went back over this, Jesus was going to show us the beginnings of his character here. Compassion. Compassion. It may look like he didn't really care about what was happening, but he actually did care. And and some that's something that we need to read through between the lines here as we look at this further. So that's why the emphasis was made when the, Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. And and in verse 4, he says, Dear woman, that's not our problem. And Jesus replied, "Uh, My time has not yet come. We'll get to that in one second here. But recognize that he still acts. He still does what is necessary to help out where he can. Jesus was on a mission. What mission was Jesus on for us? John is trying to set the stage for this. He's setting the tone for this as we go through the book of John and the study. And he was there to take time out, even though it was for a wedding and, and, and be involved with the festivities. But and understand that, you know, of course, he had important work to do. Right. He was still was trying to reach people um, to come to understand who he was and all that. But. We, we do that even in our own way of life, right? We go out to grocery stores. We go out. We go to weddings. We go to funerals. We go and take part in life. And as we go, we are still conveying the truth in whatever way that the Spirit speaks to us to do that. So I hope you understand that it's important for you to live your life. Do what you do. Go out and live and, and do the things that you're supposed to do. Go and do the things You might think it's not a very big deal um, to do that, but if you get an invitation to do something like that and go to a particular event, weigh it very carefully and make sure that it's something that the the Lord wants you to do. But if if the Lord says to do it, go ahead and do it and live your life and do what's necessary because we need to recognize that sometimes these social occasions that we have are part of our mission, our mission to convey the gospel, amen? You want to be a testimony. Don't assume that everybody you come in contact with at these events, like weddings or whatever it is, that everybody knows the gospel. They don't, not everybody does. I, you know, it, it's we make assumptions sometimes, and the assumptions can be just flat-out wrong. There are people there because they're there to celebrate someone's wedding uh, because it's a big occasion in someone's life. But don't assume that you're... Um, that everybody that you see at those weddings knows the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. You be a light for Christ wherever you go, and you just do those things. And Jesus, of course, was looking at this from a standpoint, people are going to be there. People are going to show up. People are going to see something very important and recognize something very important about who he is uh, as he appears at these things. So we can un- just keep that in mind as we look at this. We all work and no play, now, amen. Have you heard that before? It Makes Jack a dull boy. Is that that's the that's the whole? Well, yeah, you can be quite dull if you just do all work and no play. And when we say no play, we mean participating in life as it comes at you. You know, you, there are times when you need to get out and just enjoy yourself and relax, enjoy the nature around you, get get around other people, have good conversations. Um. None of us as believers are are supposed to be hermits and we're not in monasteries and we're not sitting around, you know, just trying to take in the full experience of who God is. Whatever that means, right? We're out there getting, enjoying life, but we're also out there for what? God says to go out into the world. Go out into the world and preach the gospel. So if you're sitting at home all the time, then you're not doing that. So words to the wise, just keep that in mind. Let's get back to verse 4 in John chapter 2. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. It's the first time you're going to see this in the book of John. It's going to be there multiple times. I'm going to give a hat tip to a a gentleman named Jack Kutnacht, who was a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary and he actually addressed this question about what is it about Jesus saying my time had not yet come? And the the, the reason why Jesus is saying that, he is marking out and showing for us the reader, because John is writing a biography about Jesus. This is what John is doing. He is giving us something for us to hang on to and to look at. When he says my time has not yet come, he says that several times. If you take the word time, he's on a heavenly timetable. It was marked out, and if you go and look at different passages in John, it's mentioned several times. John chapter 2, verse 4, which we just read. John chapter 4, verse 21 through 23. 525, verses 25, and then 28 and 29. 730, 820, 1223. He keeps talking about this. Verse Chapter 13, verse 1, chapter 16, verse 25. And we're going to cover all of those in the passage, but I want you to turn to John 17, verse 1. John 17 verse one, because there are p- repeated references about Jesus' time had not yet come, but in John 17:1, this is one of the times later where he mentions this. It says in John 17:1, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, "Father, the hour has come; glorify your Son, so he can give back glory back to you." John 17:1. And it says, and I'm going to read verse two, since that's included as well too in the in the in the, hand, in the uh, notation here. For you have given him authority over everyone; he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. Jesus is on a mission to be glorified by the Father. That is the timetable that he is establishing here. That is what we need to see here. And he's showing us even from back here in John chapter two, verse four, he is on the mission to be glorified by the Father. That is what he is going to be doing. What does that glorification mean? His crucifixion, his return to the Father. And that's what's going to be taking place, of course, when we read read that later on. Now, if you take the Greek word translated time, that's used in all these passages, it refers to a specific period of time where it's 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 a reference point of time. It's a framework of time based upon the person who is speaking of it. And it's a reference to the time when Jesus was going to leave the world and return to the Father. And that's mentioned in John 13, verse 1. Remember, they wanted to arrest him after a while, but this passage says, but the time had not yet come because it was not allowed for that time to take place. Because there were many times when the, his opponents wanted to come after him and arrest him and have him stoned to death. But remember that one time he walked right through the crowd. <laughs> and so they couldn't put their hands on him. So, because the time had not yet come for that. So we want to recognize that John is setting the stage through various writings throughout his biography of Jesus about time. And the time for Jesus had not arrived yet. He is setting the stage with this terminology here, the time had not yet come. My time has not yet come. And so nobody else, no other... Author in the Gospels does this. Only John does this, but this is John's writing style. This is what the Spirit is conveying to him to, to record about Jesus's life. And it's just emphasized that Jesus's arrests are and was was being hold, held back for a time. I believe it's also in John chapter eight verse twenty, John chapter seven verse thirty. It's being held back because his time had not yet come. The time was coming when Jesus when God said it was going to occur that was the thing that was necessary for you to understand and Jesus recognized that because that's something that God the Father was communicating to him as well too through prayer there's going to be a time that comes when Jesus was glorified the resurrection and the ascension is implied and included as part of this glorification in that appropriate time and that appropriate place so we want to recognize that this miracle that was going to take place here after we go through John uh, verse 4 in John chapter 2, we recognize that this is the beginning of the revealing of who Jesus is as the Messiah. It was already discussed prior to that in John chapter 1, which we know about. We, we saw that earlier um, as far as how you know, Aunt, uh, Andrew believed that it was indeed Jesus uh, was the Messiah. But there was much more to be said, and there was much more to take place to recognize what that truly meant. So, and again, Jesus did the same thing later on in John chapter 7 about the Feast of Booths, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But I want to make sure to emphasize here that the writer John is setting the stage for us to understand this whole thing about my time has not yet come and what that represents. Now, look at verse 5. Go back to John chapter 2, verse 5. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mary knew enough to know that Jesus had authority. And understand that Mary was involved more in this conversation. We have to make the uh, assumption based upon where we are at this point in Jesus' life that Joseph, uh, his father, has passed on. He's not there. He's So he's not part of this group of people that were invited to this wedding. And so a lot of Um, people are going up to Jesus' mom and, and speaking to her about what's taking place and what's happening. So there's this active communication between her and Jesus about what's going on. So the mother told the service, do whatever he tells you. And so Mary was learning about Jesus as well, too. Mary knew something about him, still learning about him in the same way the disciples were learning about him. And she recognized that Jesus was more than her human son. She recognized that Jesus was the son of God. And of course she recognized that. Why? Because this was something that she knew about even before he was born. Of course she knew. So we know that Jesus had a purpose. Mary recognized that Jesus had a purpose as a son of God. So at the end of the day, that's why she gave directions to the servants. Just do whatever he tells you to do. And Mary is just going to submit to Jesus and allow him to figure out a solution for this, this problem about there being no more wine. Amen? So that's what was taking place here. <laughs> Am I missing something? I don't know. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, let's go to verse 6. John chapter 2, verse 6. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Now, let's talk about these stone water jars. These jars are there. This is a cultural thing. A lot of water was being held in these jars, right? According to the Jews' ceremonial law, people became symbolically unclean by touching objects of everyday life, which is, you know, we need to make sure we're washing our hands and we're touching certain things. But this was part of Jewish ceremonial law, that if you touch certain things, you need to wash your hands. That's something that was already proclaimed and and spoken of. And so, before eating, the Jews would pour water over their hands to cleanse themselves of any bad influences associated with what they had touched. Now, some of this, I'm going to be honest with you, um, Jewish ceremonial law, there were some things that were done that I'm not saying that it was inappropriate. It it, it certainly had appropriateness to it. It was almost superstitious to me. I, I don't really know necessarily that I would call it that. But, yeah, you know, listen, at the end of the day we know that we if if there are certain things that we put our hands on before you put your hands on your face you better wash your hands (laughs) and i think that's kind of important for us to recognize too especially those of us have allergies amen i mean that's uh, just kind of using common sense but this was more of a cultural thing don't want to get too deep into that because that's what that was that was kind of that's why the stone water jars were there they were there for that purpose okay so let's move on quickly (laughs) (laughs) John chapter 2, verse 7. Let's go back to that. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And we're talking about the jars of where the wine had been, where it had run out. When the jars had been filled, then he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Okay. Then verse 9. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. And then verse 10, a host always serves the best wine first. He said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. So here's the thing that's really important for us to see here. Jesus was in the middle of this wedding celebration He was there to show compassion for those who were present. Compassion for not only the people who were attending the wedding, but compassion even for those people who had run out of the wedding, the ones who would be set to be embarrassed by that situation. He's showing compassion. And here's something really important for us to see here, everybody. We sometimes expect to see some magnanimous thing when it comes to miracles. This is, a, this is obviously a very significant miracle because Jesus turned the water to wine, but it wasn't in the scope of the most important thing taking place, right? Jesus is involved in the big stuff and the small stuff. When we pray to God for direction, he, we certainly should be praying about those big things, but we also need to be praying about those things that we would deem to be not so big, but the small things too. And I hope that you can see that God is involved in all of it. He wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. He wants to be involved in every aspect of everyone's life. You have to allow that to take place. If you only hold the big things for God and hold back and only handle the small things on your own, guess what? You're missing out. You're missing out. God can do things in all aspects of your life, and even in something like this where he has compassion for you and loves you and has a heart for you, he will show up on those big things and the small things. And we have a saying that's popular today where it says, don't sweat the small stuff. Well, that's absolutely true. We don't sweat the small stuff. We involve Jesus in the small stuff. And the, stuff and the big stuff, all of it, and that's what we need to be doing here. And understand something. Satan wants us to believe, or maybe even non-believers, to believe that a believing in God or believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is a dull and lifeless experience. It couldn't be any further from the truth than it, you know, you, it, the words itself. When Satan is a liar and the father of all liars, he wants everything about God, as we understand, to be totally different. And we, he wants us to not pay attention to God because, well, that's just getting you into a routine and you're just going to be doing this and that. No. Live your life. Live in the power of Jesus Christ in all aspects of your life. Go to weddings. Go to parties. Go and enjoy yourself. Live in a manner that you're honoring Christ, of course, that goes without saying. But live your life. Do it in such a manner where you're glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. You're making a testimony for Jesus Christ by showing up at any event like that. If you show up at a funeral, you know, it's, it's, it's a given. There are a bunch of folks at funerals that have no clue what's going on. They don't know the Lord. They don't know why so-and-so died. They don't know. Show up at events like this. And be a light for Christ. And speak positively about what Jesus can do. Speak the truth in love. In love. Speak the truth in love. You live your life. And so, and Jesus is showing you something here too about this wine turned into water, from water. It's the best. The best quality. The best wine. He's anything but dull. OK, he's showing you that what he's capable of doing. And, and that's what we want to recognize here, too. He is the one that truly gives us the best, the best of everything. He didn't give him cheap wine. He gave him the best wine. He did exactly what he was supposed to do because he had compassion on those people. I saw this passage for the first time in many years a lot differently after just letting the spirit speak to me about what is what? Are we, what are we trying to hear, listen here? Listen to here, and understand from what John is saying to us about who Jesus is. He's showing us he has a character of compassion for his people, the people that he loves. He comes across maybe the way it's maybe it's the way it's written. That's fine, but we understand that he's just showing us. For he loves his mother Mary. He he doesn't talk down to her. He just, you know, is saying that my time hasn't come, but yet he, you know, he listens. He goes ahead and pays attention. He goes ahead and and speaks to the servants. Let's do this. Let's take care of this. Let's take care of the water, pour it in the jars, hand it over to now the the person who is in charge, um, the host. Okay. So when the disciples, let's read verse 11. Let's cover this last part here because this is important for us to see here too. Because, remember, these disciples who were just invited to to come with Jesus were invited to this wedding as well, too. They are participating because they are all traveling companions of Jesus Christ. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his what? Glory. Jesus is revealing his glory. And his disciples believed in him. His glory is what? He makes a big difference. We want to see how he is the one who is indeed sent from the Father. And this is evidence of that. And his disciples believed in him. Now, we can argue about this last sentence, his disciples believed in him, because we know that these are human beings just like us, right? There are times when we believe in the Lord, and there are times we, we waver in our belief of the Lord. There are times when we struggle in our belief with the Lord. There are times when we believe wholeheartedly in the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples had to start learning about what it was to truly believe and remain faithful and trust in Jesus Christ on a regular basis because we know that they wavered with their faith all throughout the Gospels. We saw that. They were being trained and taught just like we're being trained and taught about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they, They struggled during the time when the Lord was feeding the 5,000. You know, after it, when the Lord was feeding the 5,000 men and the women and children, in addition to that, they struggled when they were in the boat in the lake and there was this huge storm that took place. Oh, we're going to die. Oh, my goodness. And, and Jesus was sleeping. Where is your faith was the first thing that he said to them when he woke them up and he calmed the waters. Where is your faith? They had to be trained to believe in Jesus Christ consistently. Isn't that the training that we're in right now today, everybody? We are being trained consistently to learn and grow in Jesus Christ. So, we saw that and they believed, they did believe at that time, they believed that Jesus had the power over nature because of this act. He changed the water into wine. You know, everybody just can't walk up and do that. That's something only Jesus could do. And, He was also showing about how he would go about his ministry. What did I say? The compassion part. He's showing the disciples about helping others. Helping others. Now, we're challenged as believers today to not just grow in the Lord Jesus Christ on our own, but to do what? Help others. How do you help others? Acts of charity? Help someone out when they're in need? Help someone with maybe some yard work if they need it? Something like that. Whatever it is. Help others, but it doesn't matter what it is as long as you're being what? Helpful. And help others, and of course you're helping others as well too by uh, speaking with authority. You're also being in personal touch with people. You're making friendships. You're developing relationships. You're getting to know people. You're getting to learn about people. This is all part of what ministry is all about. This is what Jesus is teaching the disciples at that very moment. Getting involved. Where he didn't have to get involved in this wedding, he got involved and showed some compassion for the people that were there. Do you see the picture that John is painting for all of us as well, too, in this whole thing about ministry? Get involved. Even if it's not obvious to do so, and, but the Spirit is speaking to you about it, get involved. The Spirit is speaking to you for a reason. You know, sometimes the Spirit will speak to you and say, no, not now. Sometimes the Spirit will say, get involved. Get into it. Do something. Listen to me. I will give you guidance as to what to do and how to go about it. And we as believers need to understand the importance of being compassionate, being helpful, being faithful, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as we go. We need to get in touch with people. We need to be in touch with individuals. Get in touch with people at your job. Hey, go outside of your department. For those of you who are working, go outside of your department and speak to other people in other areas of the company and say hello to them. Develop relationships with them. I learned that from someone at work. I thought that was a really, really important thing. Now, granted, um, it may not have been done for the same reasons I'm talking about here, but it's a good idea to get out and speak to other people in your company people that you come in contact with, people that you normally would not speak to in the course of business. But start developing relationships. Why? You're talking about being a messenger for Jesus Christ. That's why. And that's what you need to do. And that's what we need to pay attention to. Back to verse 11. This miraculous sign that came in John chapter 2. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. We have to understand, too, that um, miracles are not merely superhuman events. They are events that do what? Demonstrate the power of God. God can do things that we cannot do. (laughs) That seems like a really obvious statement, doesn't it? But God can do things in our lives that we can't do. There are certain things that we just don't have the capability of doing. Um, There are certain things. We can keep working, for example, to cure cancer. Amen? We can still talk about ways to heal cancer. But who is the one who ultimately heals us? It's Jesus Christ. He is our great physician. He is our healer. We put together things in place that we can use to fight cancer, but can we take complete credit for healing cancer? Of course not. Can we take that credit? We have to go back to Jesus Christ. You know, man will try to take credit for it, But that's not accurate, that's not correct to do that. They're missing the fact that something that is unnatural that becomes natural uh, God can do that He is the one that can fix it, He is the one that can resolve it Almost every miracle Jesus did was a renewal of fallen creation. Restoring sight, making the lame walk, restoring life to the dead. That's something that we can't do. We have no control over that. We We can't Uh, heal someone from complete blindness. We don't have that capability. God does. Man, in his effort to try to achieve more and do more, will put forth things that show that he can do certain things, but they all fail to recognize that Jesus is the great physician. And so we need to recognize that truly is the the case in, in all aspects of our life. So Jesus Christ is... Not just a superhuman uh, like Superman or some sort of a superhero we would talk about. <laughs> He's God. Amen? He's God. He is the one that can do all these things. He is the God who was there at the very moment of creation. He was there at the moment when we were you know, involved. And he is the one who is overcoming illnesses and, and addresses all, asp- all people in all different aspects of life if we're poor we're weak we're crippled orphaned blind or deaf he is the one who meets us where we are he is the one who touches us he is the one that we pay attention to as this great God I I want you to understand the appreciation that John is trying to show us here in this book about the great God who is going to be coming into his glory and accomplishing something that no one else can accomplish for us and that's the forgiveness of our sins and recognizing that he is the one to overcome death for us when he goes into his glory, amen? That's the beginning of what we're looking at here when Jesus said my time has not yet come there would be a place where he would say my time has indeed come it's time for me to meet with you the Father, We meet with the Father in the prayer that he did in John chapter 17 if you read that whole chapter you'll see exactly everything that jesus was praying about jesus was sharing about his life and his whole purpose for us may we all see that as we go through this study let's pray father we are just so thankful for your loving kindness and your compassion for us lord we are beginning to see in this study about how compassionate you are even though your time had not come you still show that you have a heart for your people and you show us that even today as we go about our lives. Lord, we thank you for this period of grace where you are giving people the opportunity to recognize you as Lord and Savior. May we continue to have a heart of prayer for those people that we, do, that we know who do not know you personally. May we continue to focus on the Spirit speaking to us as we read your word and study your word may we live in such a manner Lord where we indeed reflect your light before others where we get out and we participate in life we speak to other people about your goodness we speak to other people about life in general but Lord at the end of the day we want to be a light for you in a very very dark and sinister world it's becoming more and more difficult to see your light in the world because Satan wants to overshadow you. Satan wants to literally cover you up like a lampshade covers a light. But Lord, may we be revealed through your power to others that we indeed can proclaim the gospel and teach it and preach it and speak it to those that we know and those that we don't know. We thank you, Lord, nonetheless for all that you're showing us in this study. We thank you for your teaching. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Everyone, thank you so much. We finished on time. (laughs) Uh, We appreciate you being here. And we just want you to just stay in prayer and stay focused on the Spirit speaking to you. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. We want to continue to live according to God's image. Meditate on His Word. He is going to speak to you about what you're reading and give you maybe a different insight than what you had before. But it's going to be a great insight that's going to help you to live for Jesus Christ wherever you go. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. For those of you in Akron, we'll see you in a little while. Uh, For those of you online, stay tuned for Pastor Gus's message uh, is in the timeline right now. Uh, The message is the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you next time.